Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Gregory Melville and Susan Fox and Kathleen Bromage. Our food wisdom comes from Calvin Trillin, who said, The most remarkable thing about my mother is that for 30 years she served the family nothing but leftovers. The original meal has never been found. Faith Middleton, glad you're joining me and the gang for the Food Schmooze Party. Feel free to consume this podcast in one, two, or three bites. She's the diva of droll. Jane Stern of Road Food is our special guest. New crazy delicious recipes in our Thanksgiving recipe kit and a post-Thanksgiving survival kit. Bring on the microwave plus two ingredient recipes. Let's party, people. It's great to have you joining the party on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze, the place to have a good time. All right, my treasured food buddies are here. Senior contributors Chris Prosperi, Alex Province, plus our special guest, the woman I affectionately referred to as the diva of droll, Jane Stern of Road Food. Hey, everybody. Hi. We've heard a lot about what to do on Thanksgiving. It's time, we think, to hear about what not to do on Uh-oh. Thanksgiving. And And who better to get the don't list started than our guest, Jane Stern. Jane is co-founder with Michael Stern of Road Food. These Pied Pipers of Food have been traveling the highways and byways of America since 1977. And they uncover the best local eateries for food lovers coast to coast. Their road food books are treasures on my shelf. I never miss their columns in Gourmet Magazine, and I have been lucky enough to go with them undercover on a few memorable restaurant review assignments. Jane, do you remember the time back in the day when you and Michael and I went to review a new Connecticut restaurant and the kitchen staff was so blasted on cocaine, they sliced, no exaggeration, about $5,000 worth of truffles on our pasta? (laughs) I do! Oh my gosh! (laughs) This is something we've never talked about. No, it's certainly not on air. <laughs> we had white truffles, right? Do you think they were high, or do you think they just knew it was we you all... and me and Michael? And no, therefore... I do not. You know, I, we've seen that happen, right? Yeah, Where they yeah. can, they're on to you, and absolutely not. This is what happened. <laughs> Michael went in the kitchen for whatever reason, and he came back out, and he said. No, he did the little <laughs> no signal, and um, so we. But we were eating the best pasta we've ever. <laughs> Let's go back. <laughs> They're no longer there. Yeah, I'm not surprised. So, so, so that is what not to do when you're opening a new restaurant. So let's get into what not to do on Thanksgiving, Jane. Oh, you're playing into my negativity, which is always my favorite <laughs> side of myself. You know, there are so many don'ts. Don't make a big deal out of Thanksgiving, which sounds like the biggest oxymoron. But in fact, I have personally ruined more Thanksgivings by overreaching, by cooking things that I had no idea how to cook, that I wanted (laughs) something new and different and cutting edge. And once when, when the Cuisinart first came out, I know I'm dating myself, I was like 1975, um... I bought a Cuisinart, and the entire Thanksgiving dinner was pureed turkey. <laughs> because you love the Cuisinart. Yeah, it was like nursing home food. You know. um, so don't be afraid to just do the old tried and true standards. I have to say, I can't stand brine turkeys. So don't brine your turkey, you're saying. Not if I'm coming, because I've never had a brine turkey that doesn't taste like pastrami. Just leave the thing alone. Get an old frozen butter ball thing out of the freezer. Do you think turkey tastes like something? I do. do. I love turkey. I do, too. I love it. I love it. And then, of course, the whole reason for Thanksgiving is the next day, which I'm not original in coming up with this idea, but open-faced hot turkey sandwiches. Mm. I mean, that's really what 
Thanksgiving is about. Feed your friends and then get them the hell out of the house. <laughs> and then just go wait until the next day when it's all yours. So, so why do we wait until the next day? Why don't we make the turkey dinner those open-faced turkey sandwiches? What a great idea. Well, I, you know, one year I said to my family, I asked them in advance because I thought, I just don't want to insult people. And I said, do you mind if I bring slices of bread to the table because I want to do my special sandwich that I I really wait for it more than the meal. And they said, no, we don't. You know, my family is like that. This is the best. And they said, sure, do whatever you want. So out came a jar of mayonnaise. And you know, I make a sandwich of the turkey, Pepperidge Farm bread, the stuffing, lots of mayonnaise, salt, and pepper. No was cranberry sauce? I don't put the cranberry sauce, but it doesn't, you know, you could. And so that was my sandwich while no. they ate the gravy and the whole thing. I'm having Thanksgiving the day before Thanksgiving, and then I'm serving... I don't know. Do I want to part with all the leftovers? That's a tough call. And that's the other reason... I would say a big don't is don't be a guest at somebody else's house because then you don't get the leftovers. I mean, it's well, tricky. That, you're into a whole thing here because, for instance, I'm going to my nieces this year unexpectedly in Massachusetts to see the new family dog, yeah. and it's all going to be exciting, their new home. Oh, I, yeah. I can't wait, the kids. But that means there's no turkey at the, my sister's. And so we decided we're going to make a turkey so that when we come home that night, we'll be ready the next day to get up and have our whole yeah. second oh, Thanksgiving. Faith, I so, Do it all over again. I so relate to this. You need leftovers and you need tradition in Thanksgiving. I have a cousin who makes the same repulsive jello mold every <sighs> Thanksgiving. That's on your I list. I love jello bowls. <laughs> I love it because that's what my family always serves. I mean, believe me, this would not be on the cover of Savior or, you know, but it's just an old jello mold. <laughs> and if that jello mold was not there, I would be heartbroken. Where's Do you jello? make it? My if cousin you... makes it. What's in the jello mold? What is color is it? Jello, bright red. Bright red. Is there bright canned red. fruit cocktail? Of course. Okay. And shredded carrots. And Michael Stern's <laughs> wait, mother. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Fruit and shredded carrots? Yes. Okay. Yes. You remember it, and miniature 70s? marshmallows. Is it Cool Whip or whipped cream? No. When no. does that come out? With the meal or oh, what? Of course. As dessert. Mm. Oh, no, oh, no. No. Dessert. No. I mean, it comes, it's... It's it part is, of the meal. Um, tr- Does anyone remember the 70s? Come on. <laughs> exactly. That was the 70s. Wait, My- is that a side dish or a palate cleanser? <laughs> yes, or- it's a side <laughs> palate cleanser. <laughs> I don't think Jane had palate cleansers at no, her family dinners. And the miniature dinners. marshmallows are, <laughs> are, are extras. Yep. Michael Stern's <laughs> mother used to be the Michelangelo of Jello molds, I think, because she was from Ooh. the Midwest. Oh, I mean, yeah. they would be like the Sistine Chapel, you know, like stained glass. There would be like <laughs> five different colors of jello with colored marshmallows, with big marshmallows, little marshmallows. Ooh. Like the Tiffany effect. Absolutely. The- Don't you jello. remember you could buy the jello molds? Like you have all to. different shapes and sizes. There were square ones. Try and, and find one right now. now. I bet you can't, can't. find oh, you a remember? Jello mold now. But all right, we are. We're doing don'ts, and we <laughs> want to tell you that our Thanksgiving kit is up there, and it is filled with actual things that you can make and enjoy. And we have a couple new things. We've got Lydia Bastianich's warm wild mushroom salad over frise. Mm. Oh, with red wine vinegar and extra virgin olive oil, and it is. Killer crazy good. We've added that to the kit. Plus, we have Sara Lee Chase's feta dip. Now, if you like a dip that has tang, some people don't like that tang in a cheese. So they're not they're not into goat or they're not into... If you like feta and those Mediterranean flavors, for me, this is one of the best dips I've ever had in my life. It is fabulous. So check that out. It's at foodschmooze.org and Facebook. Search Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. 
coming up, we're going to talk with you about how to survive after Thanksgiving weekend. We've got this post-Thanksgiving survival kit, how to do the easiest things in your microwave with just two ingredients. Easy, easy cooking before the onslaught of the next holidays come. (laughs) So we've got really delicious, fun things coming your way. We're also going to tell you about what happened when I engaged in imaginary eating, no, not on Ambien, where I just dream up something in my head thinking this could never happen. And Chris Prosperi made this come true for me. We just had this thing, and it is pecan brown butter shortbread pie. I have to say, imagination is an amazing thing, I guess, <laughs> or it's Chris Prosperi because it's delicious. Okay, Jane, here's what I want to know from you as we continue. I'm sure we have more don'ts, what not to do on Thanksgiving. Don't come and go ick at what I cook. Don't tell me, oh, you put marshmallows on the yams. Don't tell me you put fried onion rings in the string beans. I know. That's the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> All right. How about... So you're a traditionalist. I am totally. A, it's got to have dirty, Campbell's soup, cream of yeah, mushroom. And turkey onions on top. Dirt, dirky, yeah, right. Or the canned the, onions. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, the, you, you know what? This is proving that <laughs> yeah. Thanksgiving for so many people is about memory. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It truly is. Yeah. That's why I'm not crazy about all the the fancy new things that you can you can do with turkey with brussels sprouts i mean i have to have the traditional can of jellied cranberry where the tube the tube when it comes out of the tube it still has like the date embossed on it (laughs) the bottom of it (laughs) from the reinforcements Uh i mean how would it be if you went to church every sunday and the the priest decided he was going to come up with an all new and all different litany. No, I mean you want pretty much the same thing, maybe a little bit of a twist on it. I am a traditionalist. <laughs> I like that about you. It's always a funny thing between family and friends with Thanksgiving. If you go to your friend's house, you're usually going to get better food and better company and have more fun. But if you go to your family, you get the same old thing and you kind of remember from whence you came, that you came from a family of jello mold makers and eaters. (laughs) You don't have delusions of grandeur about what Thanksgiving should be. But equally good? In my mind. Uh I mean, actually, my favorite Thanksgiving meal that I ever had was one year when I had neither friends or family around when there used to be Woolworths, Woolworth lunch counter. 1970s. And I, right, <laughs> and I got the Thanksgiving turkey dinner. <laughs> and, you know, it was horrible but wonderful. It was like canned gravy and... White you know, bread. Just more, exactly, two pieces of white Wonder Bread and like a little nurse's pill cup with the cranberry sauce in it and brown peas you know it just i loved it i'm a first generation american so i was always blown away about it. and i can never understand that we moved into this world now of fancier food and stuff and why some of my friends are embarrassed by that food now i didn't grow up on that food but i love it i just love the kitsch of it i love that that is our food that that green bean casserole has something about it and i can't and again it's not even food memory for me because i didn't grow up with it with the turkey exactly. onions and cream mushroom soup. But when I eat that, I get a sense of place that that is what we were and what we are. Good for and you. there's nothing wrong with yeah, that. Yeah. And this thing about being with family. Frank Bruni in the Times did a piece at one point, not so long ago, where he was talking about when he had shorted his his week of vacation with the whole family because he thought, oh, I'll have had enough of that, he missed these incredible moments and said, now I just go to the whole thing, and it includes mm-hmm. things I wish I hadn't been a part of, but it includes things I would have missed if I hadn't done this. So for me with Thanksgiving, and I say this humbly, I'm just a lucky person. I adore my family. So I love being around them. It's not that we don't have disagreements or fights or political arguments and all the things that go with that, but I just love. I can't wait to walk in the door. I'd love to be with them. I love that. Boy, that's, Aww, that's true. And you know what I always say too is you, you can't fight with friends like you can fight with family. 
Do you know what I mean? If you have I mean, the right friends, you, you can't. can't. <laughs> yeah, yes, maybe. But do you know what I mean? Your family's your family, and you can go places and argue and scream and whatever with your family because at the end of the fight, they're still your brother, sister, mother, father. Exactly. But friends may get offended, and you might not go push the argument as far as you do with family. I know. Well, I just but, feel that way. Like when my brother and I fight, we fight. But you know you're going to recover, <laughs> of right? Of course, because he's never not going to be my brother. I'm Scotch. I'm into that Scottish philosophy. When the philosophers of opposing views argued, what they did was, and I read this in The New Yorker, they would go to a pub and they throw their arms around each other's shoulders. They drink tankards of ale and they argue like crazy, and they're still friends. Mm. It's like the old wow, days in the fabulous. Senate. Yeah. So that's how I've decided uh, Thanksgiving should be. <laughs> so we're going to recap some of the things that are in our Thanksgiving kit. And we want to tell you, this is a big announcement, that Chris Prosperi, Alex Province, and I will be staffing a 911 Thanksgiving hotline for you <laughs> all, right. um, all morning, afternoon, and as late into the evening as we can go the day before Thanksgiving. So if you have questions, okay. line up your questions for then. We're going to be eating the next day, so we, <laughs> we can't staff the hotline. Um, and that means we can't cook the day before because we're going to be here for you, okay? So we're going to do it on Facebook, Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. That's how you get to us. And we're just going to be be answering like crazy as many questions as you have. And we know the main question is going to be, my turkey is not unfrozen. Because <laughs> <laughs> we can start right there. Whatever you want to ask, Jane Stern is here, co-author of Road Food, which was founded in 1977. I can't believe it. I still refer to these books. My dream, unrealized, is to get in an RV and travel across the country, as Jane and Michael Stern have done for so many years. And do all those back roads that they have done and come upon the best pie in that little shack on the back road. I mean, so many things, Jane, who, who's a friend, has sent me in the mail from discovering the most incredible jam and from some lady in Georgia. Or I mean, I can't even tell you the things that have arrived. It's not just that I can get those things because I know Jane. Now you can experience what Jane and Michael have experienced. Wait until you hear this. Jane, tell me about the new road food extravaganza. Michael and I have teamed up with a company in Seattle called Fexi, and they are brilliant at putting on events. So we are going to have a road food dinner in every major city this coming year, I think we're going to have 18 in the first 12 months. The first one is December 3rd in Washington, D.C., and it is going to be the best of road food. On the menu, there are going to be candied bacon, smashed potatoes, fried chicken in mm. hot pepper sauce, uh, <gasps> lemon icebox pie. I mean, oh. all the things that you think, oh, I do know. I really want to drive 300 miles to get that? Well, now you don't have to. <gasps> you just, are those the, people coming in, or are people making those recipes based on the original? Both. We're yeah. having both. And then the dinner after that, which is two weeks later, is in Atlanta. So we're going to be all over the country. And What about the Northeast? How close are you going to come to us? Well, since I live in the Northeast, mm-hmm. I live 20 minutes away okay. from the studio. I'd like to have all the events here, but believe me, we will have we will have plenty of them. The Fexi company is in Seattle, so you know we're going to get that with the Northwest covered. Sure. But it's going to be everywhere. It's going to be in all the great cities. So exciting! I am so excited, mm. and I don't have to cook for all these people. I know you. Just, I just have to say, this is make like, this, do this. This is my version of a restaurant where I just sit down and have a good time with people. Exactly. I don't actually do anything but have conversation with people. And everybody who comes to the dinner gets. Gets a free copy of the latest road food and gets to ask us questions and gets to hear our ridiculous banter, which we have perfected over 40 years. Is it a sit-down? It is a sit-down dinner. It's a four-course sit-down dinner. Are there wines or or cocktails or everything? Everything. Oh, my God, this is fantastic. In fact, I think there's nobody under 21 allowed, so you can make sure that there's liquor. All right. So the ticket site is listed on our website, foodschmooze.org. Go to that, and it will connect you right with them so that you can attend this first dinner or all the dinners. 
Each dinner is different, or they're everyone all the same? will have a different menu. It will be specific Ooh. of its regional oh, that's the area. Thing. This is the, you're like the Grateful Dead of food. <laughs> so I'm on tour. I should have died ten years ago, but I'm still going on. <laughs> so I could kind of follow you and try all these things. Exactly. And let me say, when I have gotten these little gift packages. Through the years that Jane and Michael have been doing their column at Gourmet and, you know, doing road food and stuff, the stuff is so amazing. And so I cannot wait to Couldn't try it. Couldn't I fly us? Alex just got his pilot's license. <laughs> <Almost>. Please. <laughs> December 3rd. Okay. What if we do food schmoozes from a couple of these things? Oh, I would love that. Seriously. That would be absolutely terrific. We'll wait terrific. for you to be done talking, and then will you come on this show and be with us on the Food Schmooze? Oh, and talk, And we can talk about what happened. We can have yes. some of your guests because on. Because all of his recipes that we're going to be serving really <laughs> have histories. Do you know Carla Hall? She's a good friend of mine, and she is, I hate this term, but she's a celebrity chef. She's on yeah. The Chew, and she's a brilliant chef, and she just opened a hot chicken restaurant in Brooklyn mm. and she's from Nashville. This is from Price's Fried Chicken in Nashville. Mm. It's a particular type of fried chicken that's pan fried and then yeah. dipped in boiling hot sauce so it makes the cinnabar crust and we're using <laughs> Carla's recipe and Price's oh, recipe nice. and our recipe and you know all these dishes have a real heritage and oh, they're they healthy. S- yeah, they're all healthy, right? <laughs> Cardiologists will be on hand. It's going to be the most <laughs> Most amazing thing. <laughs> okay, so stay with us, Jane Stern, Chris, and Alex. More mouthwatering conversation and fun ahead on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. I hope you'll make a charitable contribution to feed the hungry. We're online now at foodschmooze.org. We'll be right back. Okay, that was your first bite of the Food Schmooze Party with another bite on the way, so we'll make this fast. You won't miss a drop of pleasure if you sign on for our free podcast at foodschmooze.org. Then we'll send it to you every week. In case you're new, you can also listen to this show on WNPR every Thursday afternoon at 3 and Saturdays at noon. What makes me happy is sharing the discovery of something great with you. Party with me and the gang and our new website where you'll find some of my favorite easy and I have to say wildly delicious recipes, wine, cocktails, and two-minute videos. Check it all out, foodschmooze.org. Here's your second bite. Cornbread said, now that's all right. Meet me on the corner tomorrow night. We have a free podcast for you, meaning you'll never miss a drop of pleasure. Just sign up for it once at our site, and we'll automatically send you our show every week so you can listen on your schedule. Also discover the delicious food, wine, events, and cocktails we feature. We love talking with you, so stop by often and say hi. We're always online at foodschmooze.org. Schmooze, think of spelling school, S-C-H, foodschmooze.org. I'm with my treasured food buddies, Chris Prosperi, chef and co-owner of Metro Beast Restaurant in Simsbury, Connecticut, wine broker Alex Province. And Jane Stern of Road Food. We're going to tell you how to survive Thanksgiving, but first I want to talk about recipe invention. This is a wild thing that happened to me. I was sitting around thinking, you know, the pecan pie needs work. It's very gloppy. It's were you very... asleep or awake? I, I was driving, and I thought, this is very sugary. <laughs> so you were awake. Yeah. <laughs> I was awake. And I said... 
I love pecans. I love the uh, idea of it. What can I do to make that better? And what happened was that I started, maybe the way you invent a recipe is to just string together a whole bunch of words that appeal to you. So I started thinking about shortbread. I thought, oh, I love shortbread. <laughs> and then I thought, well, that could be the crust of a pecan pie. And then I thought, what could make shortbread better? Well, if it was brown butter shortbread, that would be mm-hmm. even more buttery. And it had a good amount of salt in it, sea salt in it, so that it had that sweet salt pivot. So I thought, okay, that's the crust. And I'm dropping, I thought, what are we going to do about all that gloppy stuff in a pecan pie? You know, no corn syrup and, you know, molasses and all that stuff. And no offense if you like that. I just thought, it's too much. You can't even taste the pecans. It's too much. So, so I thought, well, what if we candied just the pecans? A little sea salt on those, too. But what is going to be on top of the shortbread crust that the pecans can nestle in? Because all that Cairo syrup jazz is not going to be there. What could be there? Well, some people like chocolate in their pecan pie. And I thought, Mm. well, you could do a slick of chocolate. And then I thought, what if we did a whipped cream and that could nestle all those candied pecans? And there you go. You know, then you put all the pecans on the top. And so I thought, well, that's never going to become a reality because I'm not only a fearful baker, I'm a horrible baker. Do you have Um, any chef friends? Chris Prosperi to the rescue, followed by all of you in this room who, when we tried this, made little tweaks. Can't thank you enough. And we have a way for you chocolate people, because I'm taking it away. (laughs) We have a way for you to get it back. This recipe is going to be on our website. This is what I call, and you're not going to believe this, this does not exist online anywhere. There are pieces of this, but there is no brown butter, shortbread, pecan (laughs) pie with whipped cream. It just does not (laughs) exist. Too many words. (laughs) And meatballs. (laughs) Not exist. More parm on that? So, (laughs) So... The recipe is up there. So let's go through what happened. Chris, I cannot thank you enough. Jane, your idea about substituting double cream or clotted cream for the whipped cream, which does collapse after three, four hours, is just genius. It's so intense. I think that's genius. So I can't say I invented this by myself. The idea, the imagination, Chris used his father's shortbread recipe. Chris is giving us that crust, shortbread crust recipe with the salt added to it. So let's walk through this. How you make the shortbread crust and how you make brown butter shortbread. He was actually my baking instructor at culinary school. So I knew we this had is, a shortbread. This is CIA. This culinary is culinary Institute. Institute of America. And I knew we had a shortbread. So Your I dad told, was. Yeah. I still had the old binders and I found the shortbread recipe. And I looked at it and I was like, you know what? We can very easily make this into a brown butter one and just up the salt a little bit. So you start with butter. You need to make like a dough out of this. So you need some of the butter softened, you know, and holes. So like room I, temperature. Like room temperature. So I took like about a quarter of the butter out, and I put it in a hot pan, and I browned it. Okay, so, that so doesn't I, take very long. No, it's a, such a small amount. It took less than a minute okay. to just and get bubbly and brown. And then I took my softened butter. I put it in a bowl. Uh, it got sugar, egg yolks, flour, and then I doubled the amount of salt that he used because you said you wanted a nice little salt punch in it. Mm. And then I took the brown butter and just sort of poured it in there, and then mm. you just sort of mix it my hand, you know, till it gets nice and crumbly. And then I press that dough, that loose dough into a pie tin. You can eat it then, right? If you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Well, it has egg yolks in it. That's okay. It's a great shortbread. And you just take that 375 degree oven, 20, 25 minutes, and that's baked. So you so, basically have the crust done. Okay, so that comes out. So you can see that you can do this ahead. That so part, for, yeah, way For Thanksgiving ahead. dessert at any time, this mm-hmm. can be done ahead. Okay, so that is set aside, that pie mm-hmm. shell of salty shortbread, brown butter. Here comes Jane's tweak, which would be to get some clotted cream or double, double cream. cream. Yeah, and she even has a place to get it, right? Or a night meal yeah, of a company Brooklyn that Creamery does it. is the yeah. new place that is yeah. distributing this. What it, is it? It's the world's heaviest cream. It's, it's a lot like of fat in it, right? It's like oh cream my God, on must Jupiter. Be like hundred. Yeah, cream on Jupiter. Jane's idea was not traditional whipped cream, although you could certainly go that way, mm-hmm. but to use. 
usually sold in a glass jar, Mm -hmm. a double cream. A lot of gourmet stores sell this stuff. If you don't have it, then make fresh whipped cream. A little sugar, a little vanilla. You put it, but it means you have to... Bourbon or whiskey. You have to finish the whole pie because whipped cream will go flat in about four hours so it's got to be finished within four hours and and i want to say faith faith said that's not a problem chris is going to candy the pecans or if you Mm -hmm. like you could use hazelnuts hazelnuts almonds whatever nuts you like sure but we did pecans so because we were Mm -hmm. thinking thanksgiving pecan pie chris how'd you candy and I, i just did the simplest way i know and i took some butter put it in a pan with some brown sugar melted it down and then i took my nuts a couple cups of whole pecans and i threw them in the pot and i just cooked that for about five minutes together over a medium high heat until like nice and glazed and again the ratio I used is in a high ratio, so it's not really sticky, sticky. So it's a light glaze, right? And a little pinch of salt, and that was it. And you, mm. then you spread them out. They harden, they and you've got candied pecans. Yeah. So we just take that shell of the short, salty shortbread, put about a half inch of cream all the way up to the edges, and then we took half the pecans, and we chopped them up. And sp- this was Alex's suggestion. And we put the chopped pecans across the top of the whole thing to give it a background. And then we took the rest of the whole pecans and very carefully lined them up so they look pretty on the top. So that you see, like with pecan pie, all the whole pecans. And it sliced beautifully. Mm. I probably shouldn't be saying this because I... <laughs> You know, I mean, we came up with this recipe. It was far better to me than than traditional pecan pie. I mean, it was just killer good. And lighter, too. After dinner, like, pecan pie is kind of heavy. If you want chocolate... You can eat the whole thing. You can certainly serve pieces of good quality chocolate, truffles you make, truffles you buy, alongside this for people who love chocolate. And then all your bases are covered. It is really a wonderful thing, and I can't thank all of you enough. So to see... Our pecan brown butter shortbread pie go to foodschmooze, S-C-H like school, foodschmooze.org. The recipe is posted there. Shoe fly by, an apple pan, daughter makes your eyes light up. You're going to see a hobby. Shoe fly by, an apple pan, daughter, I'll never get enough of that wonderful star. So after Thanksgiving weekend, when you've demolished all the leftovers, you're exhausted from everything you've done, don't you all think we need a survival kit? Mm. <laughs> Aspirin. Yes. Gym. Pharma- major pharmaceuticals. Muscular yeah. exercise, yeah. trainer. Yeah. And Therapy. I have this theory that if you looked at when people go out to dinner the most, it would be probably the week after Thanksgiving because Hanukkah and Christmas, Kwanzaa, they're all coming. So we created a survival kit of the simplest recipes that we could think of. That means dishes that are microwave cooking. We've got these all posted online at foodschmooze.org. We're having conversations with you on Facebook and loving it. Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. And we're going to talk with you about these recipes now. We've got microwave cooking, and we've got two ingredient recipes, which are really fun. I want to call your attention as we get into some of the microwave stuff to my favorite on this list, and that is Barbara Kafka's fantastic recipe for Szechuan green beans. Mm. She said they're a triumph. Well, Barbara doesn't lack confidence. But she is absolutely right. She used to do the microwave cooking column in the New York Times, and these are fantastic. Let's talk about that. Jane, we love, together, We've well, how many times have we gone out for Chinese food? Oh, God. Uh, I mean, we love this. As many grains of rice are... <laughs> That's like it needed a poetic answer. Many, many. And so kung fu of you. Exactly. Barbara was really the first chef who took microwaving seriously. I mean, people laughed at it until they tasted the food, and the food was phenomenal. And this is at our website, foodschmooze.org. These are the Szechuan green beans. Garlic cloves that you smash and peel, of course. A little fresh ginger that you slice up. Some scallions, and you just chop them up. A little vegetable oil, some red pepper flakes, a little tamari soy, rice wine vinegar, and then the fresh green beans, and you just cut the little tails off them. 
How easy is this? And this is the point of our Thanksgiving survival kit. You just put the garlic and ginger and, and scallions in a bowl of a food processor, buzz, 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 and it gets finely chopped. And then you put it in a dish, kind of an, a rectangle glass dish, microwave safe, and you add the oil and the pepper flakes, and you just cook it like that in the microwave for several minutes. And then you take it out and you stir in the rest of the ingredients and you cook it again for 15 minutes and you just stir 15? it. 15? 15 minutes on high at 100%, you know, and you just stir it a few times. And then that's it. You can serve it hot or cold. They are a triumph. Can you use leftover string beans? They're just part cooked. Exactly. You can do the same recipe. She's calling for in that second cooking 15 mm-hmm. minutes. So what happens if you did seven and then checked them? I think you should just check them every couple of minutes. It's really kind of a a faultless dish. I mean, you can't screw it up. My only thing is I'm crazy about sesame oil, so I would just do a couple of glugs of sesame oil at the end when the dish comes out because you don't want to cook sesame oil. You just Mm. would go glug, glug, glug and give it a toss, and to me that would be just the most divine thing ever. What about the chili sesame oil? Oh, that's Instead of the pepper flakes. See, we have to invent recipes together. (laughs) Cooking in the microwave reminds me, I tried to make a hard-boiled egg in the microwave probably 1986 <laughs> and it shot through the top do you so. ever put marshmallow fluff in a jar in the microwave that's no that's, what happened you never like eat it again vesuvius yeah i mean it's amazing at all. that's the last time i ate marshmallow fluff <laughs> so i was over at mark Bittman's house and we all said to each other probably after a few glasses of wine what do you think would happen if we put the peeps, you know, those yellow peeps oh, at, sure. at Easter, into the microwave? Let's watch. And so we, we watched it like on TV. It was, like, it was like Mr. Bill. Yeah. Jane Stern is here. I'm with Chris Prosperi and Alex Province. We are giving you the Thanksgiving survival kit for that week after Thanksgiving before the next wave comes. And here's another microwave recipe. I've kind of rediscovered baked apples, and, and that's really fun. But I found an apple crisp recipe for the microwave that is fun and I do a twist on this so I'm going to give you and we give this to you on foodschmooze.org I'm going to discuss this recipe for a microwave apple crisp and then tell you what my twist on this is so you just need a few Granny Smith apples that you peel and you core and you slice so we're not doing whole apples and then a little bit of butter a little bit of brown sugar and all you do is put these apple slices in the bottom of a square glass baking dish you can do a pie plate if you want and then in a bowl you mix together the butter the brown sugar the flour the cinnamon and some allspice and you sprinkle that over the apples and you cook it for 10-12 minutes until the apples can be pierced with a knife, and you've got this instant apple crisp. That sounds good, too. Really fun. Where's the vanilla ice cream? I mean, this is like instant kind of a thing. The way that I do a twist on this is that instead of doing those short cooking oats, I put my favorite granola on them because Uh, I I like... I do that, too. You do? Yes. Why can't you stuff all of this into a sheep's stomach and call it apple haggis with with Dessert haggis. Right. So Jane Stern is here, Alex Province, Chris Prosperi, and we are doing the survival kit for Thanksgiving. Of course, our actual Thanksgiving recipe kit is online at foodschmooze.org. We're talking with you all the time on Facebook at Faith Middleton Food Schmooze, and we love having conversation with you. We're on there morning to night. We're just very engaged with you, and we really enjoy that. We've got this survival kit, and we're going to be posting all these recipes. When you go to our site for WNPR, that's foodschmooze.org, you can sign up for our podcast, which is pretty cool. That just means you can hear the show. That's fancy language. I don't, I don't know why we don't say that. You just hear the show, and we, <laughs> and we call it On Demand, which really means you can listen on your schedule. You just sign up once, and then the cool thing is it's free delivery. We send it to you every single week. You don't even have to lift a finger. You just go, oh, it's here, and then you can listen to the show and be part of the parties. We love that. Also, see us online and talk with us there. Since it's the survival kit, can we all together do these two-ingredient recipes. Oh, fun. Here's how it happened. I certainly know, you know, like Rosie and Gold and her three-ingredient oh, recipes. Three, yeah. I've, I've seen four-ingredient recipes. I typed this in as a joke 
because I thought, oh, this will be kind of funny. I'm thinking, what's going to come up? You know, like gumballs rolled in peanut butter or, you know, a sweater soaked in brown butter. What could you possibly do? Doesn't sound bad. Sonny Anderson goes on the Rachel Ray show and does these fantastic recipes. And so we're going to tell you what these recipes are. On the other side of this break, I'm with Alex Province, Chris Prasperi, Jane Stern of Road Food, who is taking road food on the road. And you can go to her dinners and eat all the foods that she and Michael Stern have discovered all these years on the road in Washington, D.C. That link is up at our website, foodschmooze.org. Please support your local food growers and food makers. We'll be right back with more Food Schmooze. One more mouth-watering bite of the food schmooze coming up. Ready? Here's something great to know about. Sign up for the app called NPR One. Just download it from the iPhone App Store or your Android device. And once you do, you can set WNPR as your local station. Couldn't be easier? Download the free app NPR One and start listening. Let's party on. More food schmooze. my house I'm gonna give you candy come on to my house my house I'm gonna give you apple and a plum and an apricot do I come on to my house my house come on come on to my house my house come on come on to my house my house I'm gonna give you grapes and dates and grapes and a cake yeah. come on to my house my house come on come on to my house my house come on come on to my I, I mean, I really, I, I say to, to the producers, please can we play the part till she says, I love your hair. There's <laughs> nobody like Beth Midler. Nobody. We've been talking with you about these two ingredient recipes, and we're going to get to them in just a second. If you're with us on Facebook, we wanted to say how grateful we are when you take just a moment to like us. Then we say, you know what, we're going to make you first in line to get our hot tip feed. Okay, let's do these two ingredient recipes. Do you doubt them? Yes, I doubt them because that's like saying spaghetti with bolognese sauce and you buy the jar of bolognese sauce. Well, yeah, (laughs) theoretically, that's two ingredients, but... Well, if it's a busy weeknight, that's not a bad way to go. We're into relaxing here. The whole idea is not to have to whip up your own bolognese sauce because you just went through... You know, people are practically making their own mayonnaise on Thanksgiving. I mean, it just has become so labor-intensive. So our idea is to give you the simplest things but good. Yes. Here's the thing, Jane. So I'm going to try and and see if I can get you to... Yes, see if you can win me over with this. (laughs) I probably won't win on this, but I'm going to give you a shot because these things... I tried some of these things, and they are really good. The first one is Sunny Anderson sharing her recipe for... Sun-dried tomato cauliflower pesto. What she does is break up the cauliflower into florets, sort of bite-sized florets, small enough so that when they go into the oven, they caramelize. But first, in a bowl, she tosses them with sun-dried pesto, which I do buy in containers or in jars in the supermarket because, and we'll put it on pasta because I do like the flavor. She tosses that, the cauliflower florets and the sun-dried pesto, 
puts it in a roasting pan or on a tray, and then into the oven it goes. And out comes these crispy, sun-dried tomato-coated cauliflower pieces. You could serve those on pasta. You could serve them as a side dish. You could make it your main thing. It does sound delicious. It's good. You won me over. Okay. How about this, though? She does a puff pastry cheese stick. Hmm. So you take puff pastry and then you grate Parmigiano, freshly grated Parmigiano Reggiano or whatever kind of cheese you want. You kind of roll it up into these cheese stick shapes and you put it in the tray and into the oven it goes. They puff up a little and suddenly you've got these cheese sticks. So if you're having a tailgate party or having people over for drinks and you want to serve something, I mean, really hot <laughs> cheese puff pastry cheese wonderful. sticks. wonderful. <laughs> but is wonderful. that a meal though? Do you eat that as a meal? <laughs> I would. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, then I've got one. You just need sour cream and the onion packets. Yeah, exactly. You don't there even you need go. chips. You just like dip with your finger. French onion, uh, <laughs> Lipton's French yeah. onion dip. Mm-hmm. Two ingredients. Oh. Your finger and <laughs> onion. No, I, I guess it can work, right? I'm thinking I, I do one at home. I never even thought of it as a two-ingredient recipe. I take the pre-bought prosciutto. And this is like a midnight snack kind of – I come home from work and yeah. there's no food. And I – Wonder Bread, you know, just regular white, cheesy white bread. And I take a piece of prosciutto and I put it on top and I throw it in the oven. It's like a pizza. Nothing oh. else, just the prosciutto and the bread. And it, the that prosciutto gets kind of crispy and, and cooked, you know, and the, oh. and the bread gets toasted. And then I just – So the bread just absorbs the melting Yeah, and then I just fold fat. it in half and I eat it. That sounds that's delicious. That's two ingredients, but that's a, that's a midnight snack, not a meal, but I guess it could be I don't know. I, mean, I, I have a glass of wine. I have a glass of wine with that. I would, so there, too. So there's dinner. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you want to hear my one-time only favorite one-ingredient meal? Remember when the Atkins diet first came out? <laughs> And all you could eat was you know, fat. <laughs> I brought a bar of uh, plugra unsalted butter to the movies and ate it. It was wonderful. I bet. No, who needs popcorn? Do you like butter? I do like butter. So if you have a, I don't know if I can eat it. Is just that in moderation? A stick of it. Is that, I, is I that, don't is take that a little bit and a little bit and a little bit. And I was in Italy, and a friend of mine said you have to try this truffle dish, and she kept going on and on and on about how amazing it was. And I was like, well, what is it? And she's like, I can't really explain it. I don't know what it is. I just know I could eat it, and it comes in a, in a little ball, like they scooped it, like a, like an ice cream, but it's not ice cream. It's savory, and you just eat it and i'm like what is it so we drive i don't even know we drove like three hours to get to this restaurant through the countryside of italy and we get to this place and they brought it to the table and all it was was butter and truffle and salt and that was it and i grabbed my spoon and i started eating it and i'm like oh my god i'm eating butter and it was mind-blowing so this brings us to another two ingredient recipe because of what you've all been talking about it's a go-to thing for me, and that is just a bowl of hot pasta with grated Parmigiano-Reggiano and maybe a squeeze of lemon juice and just toss, toss, toss. I don't know if salt and pepper count as an ingredient, but if you don't want butter, you could do it with olive oil. Whatever your preference is, whatever your health issues are, it, just those two things, a meal in a second for me. I had a two-ingredient meal actually for dinner last night. I had a red... Is it Korean or Chinese? A yam with butter. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise. What and, kind of butter? Um, <laughs> guess. Um, but it was a, it's like a baked potato yeah. and butter or a yam mm-hmm. and butter. You don't need a hundred yeah. other things yeah. on no, the plate. I guess this is the simple thing. I'm notorious. I go home. I You know, you can buy the shrimp already cooked in, in a bag, individually frozen. I'll pull a couple of those out and you know, run them under water to thaw them and just squeeze some lemon on it and eat them right okay. out of a bowl. And then they're just pre-cooked by hand. though, right? Yeah, they're pre-cooked and just squeeze lemon on it. And that's a, that's a nice snack Good too. protein. Yeah. So there's a, a restaurant in New York in the West Village called Potato Topia. And it's a baked potato bar. And sure. so you can go in and have one thing plopped on the, uh, the top great. of your... Yeah, I haven't gone into this place yet, but I think to myself... You know, I really could make a meal out of that baked potato and, you know, some topping that I think is really good. You know, Wendy's fast food, you can still get a baked potato if you just drive through it. Yeah. Just a plain one. A plain baked potato or with sour cream and whatever. No kidding. It's the only fast food 
potato, and it's a good potato. So let me tell you how this, since we're doing the post-Thanksgiving survival kit, how to survive for the week after Thanksgiving before the next onslaught. That's what we're talking about. We've given you the microwave recipes, especially Barbara Kafka's Szechuan green beans, which are not to be missed. And now we're doing Sonny Anderson on Rachel Ray's show, doing these two-ingredient recipes. She does an egg drop soup, Jane, where she takes a box of Swanson's chicken stock, puts it in a pan, and then gets a whisk and very quickly starts whisking the hot liquid as soon as it's really hot in the pan. Whisk, whisk, whisk as fast as you can and then cracks two eggs in and just keeps whisking, whisking, whisking. That's how egg drop soup is made. You guys were just saying about, you know, a stick of butter in in a recipe. I'm the opposite one. I read a recipe, let's say curry and it says half a teaspoon of curry powder you know and I wound up dumping in like half a cup of recipe ingredients can be really nutty yeah they they can be off balance yeah and so in my cookbook Jane you will see X's drawn through the amount <laughs> and, and penciled in absolutely <laughs> eight tablespoons, not one. Yeah, seriously. Sometimes yeah. it's less. Most of the time, it's more. I can't. More power. I, I have trouble looking at a recipe, and when you're going to saute something, and they say a teaspoon uh, exactly. of oil, and you're looking at the pan, and you're looking at the mm-hmm. teaspoon in the pan, and you're like, I can't yeah. saute like three little three fingernails. I can't but that's like saute three chicken breasts exactly. in that. Exactly. That's like on cooking shows, though. They say. One tablespoon, but you watch them glug, 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 exactly. glug, glug. Or it comes out of the magic oven and it's beautiful, but it's With the swimming in it. oil, right? Well, they're trying to position themselves as calorie-friendly. Yeah, that's one of the most valuable things that I think the New York Times does. The New York Times, when they put their hands on a cookbook and they start making the dishes and they say to you, this many were terrific and this many failed, or this book is useless, or whatever they say, really a handy thing. Are there any cookbooks that the recipes all work? Yes, I would say that Ina Garten's yep. cookbook, yeah. they all work. Yep. I would say that she has a team um, of people. she's very yeah, good. Food yeah. 52. Amanda Hesser's Food yep. Genius Recipes yep. book is yep. so incredible. Yep. Marion Cunningham's yeah, recipes, your Fanny Farmer Bar- yeah. Barbara ones Kafka. are fabulous. Joy of Cooking. Yeah. Right? I Although mean, I like the earlier editions. Yeah, but they all work. They do work. They all, they work. all work. I mean, I get books on, across my desk all the time, and I'll try recipes. How about Silver, Silver Palette? Silver Palette. I mean, there. I don't Never made a recipe in that book. Exactly. Never made a recipe in that book that didn't come out great. Everything we have talked about, you can find online. We are on WNPR Thursdays at 3, Saturdays at noon. Thank you, Jane Stern of Road Food. Weekdays, hear my 60-second food schmoozes. Join the conversation with us. We're always up for a good time online at foodschmooze.org. Until our next party, eat, drink, and be merry. In New Haven, I'm Faith Middleton. Everybody eats when they come to This is the place to have a good time, so come back. The Faith Middleton Food Schmooze is on WNPR Thursdays at 3 and Saturdays at noon. And you'll hear my daily 60-second food schmoozes. We're online always at foodschmooze.org. Eat, drink, and be merry. In New Haven, I'm Faith Middleton.